Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Walt Disney has turned great stories into unforgettable animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents a new twist on the classic story of Oliver. A pussycat? Come on, let's eat him. I love a story with food in it. Oliver, the little orphan who fell in with Fagin, the Dodger, and a gang of canine con artists out to take New York for all it's worth. It's worthless. What kind of work do we do anyway? Investment banking, man. <laughs> Stop, please. Let's get out of here. Oliver, the heroic kitten who was catapulted into a whole new world. What is the meaning of this? Ultra Jet. I see you met Oliver. The little furball. Only to be rescued Oliver! by his gang of friends. I just want to go back. Back with his Uncle Tito. Walt Disney Pictures presents our 27th full-length animated motion picture, featuring songs performed by Billy Joel, Huey Lewis, Ruth Pointer, and Bette Midler. Your family is cordially invited to meet our new family. Oliver, Jenny, Georgette, Tito, the Dodger. Fagin, Rita, and Sykes, the vicious villain determined to destroy Oliver. They're all together in a holiday entertainment event you'll never forget. Absolutely, positively. Walt Disney Pictures, Oliver and Company. Welcome, everyone, to a Cats and Dogs episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I am Dan Teets. Joining me as always, Kyra Hawkins. And joining us again from the depths of Savannah, Cliff Chance. And in case you didn't know from not reading last week's homework, we are back to talk about Oliver and Company, the Walt Disney version of Oliver Twist. Which probably is the better of the versions. I don't know. I've never seen Oliver Twist in any iteration other than this. So, and I'm going to go ahead and be honest. This was the first time I'd ever seen this. Um, actually, my I was thinking about. We might have talked about this before, but uh, I remember going to see this in the theater when it opened with my mom because she got free tickets through um her work at the time she was a first responder so um she and i went i was five years old i I know i had been to other movies in the theater before this but i remember this night i I remember everything about it except the movie (laughs) um which i actually had not seen probably since that night because it wasn't released to home video until the late 90s when I would have been too old to care. So um, I I had seen it once before when I was five years old, and I remembered absolutely nothing about it except for the Why Should I Worry song 
and the nice memory of going on a mommy-daughter date. I remember that it was cold and rainy, and it was right before Christmas, sometime in November, I think. Okay, what about you, Cliff? Yeah, I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I do remember when I did see it, it holding up. Like, I, it's one I really enjoyed because I remember, like, Dodger, which is Billy Joel. Um, I remember Oliver, obviously, the cat voiced by uh, Joey Lawrence. And I remember, like, the Dobermans. And like then I rewatched it not too long ago, and, like, so many other memories came back, but, like, those are the ones that kind of, like, held up to most of my life. I remember thinking Dodgers, oh, he's like one of the coolest dogs I've ever seen in animation. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, uh, Why Should I Worry is a really good song. But because uh, I remember like really enjoying this as a kid, but at the same time, I like, not re- too, remembering too much about seeing it for the first time, mm-hmm. other than certain aspects of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched it, and it, like, it brought back a lot of memories once I rewatched it, but. For most of my life, I just remember certain parts of it. Yeah, and like I said, this was my this was my first time watching it. I knew n- nothing really about it other than it was the Disney Oliver Twist movie, <laughs> and I started to recognize voices, like it has Cheech Marin in it. Gotta love yep. him. Bette Midler. Bette Midler is playing non yep. a a non live action role. Which are actually two characters that I remember. Like once I rewatched it not too long ago, I'm like, holy crap! I do remember them. Like, like mm-hmm. they brought back memories of when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah I teach think I was gonna say Dom DeLuise um, did yes. so much voice work in animation that I watched that like I associate his voice with being like three to seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and his voice was one that that I recognized but had to look up to verify. And I hate to say it, but I didn't recognize Billy Joel's voice because I'm not a Billy Joel fan, but and I know I'm probably gonna get hate mail from our tens of listeners. <laughs> but He said her mess with me too, so I'll I'll take some of the blunt of that. But the songs I love, I really love, and the songs that some of the songs I'm like, yeah. But this is one of the songs I really love, so. Right. And the synopsis, which as always comes to us care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this. On Fifth Avenue, several kittens are left in a box outside of a shop. All but one, an orange tabby, are adopted. Wandering the streets by himself in search of someone to adopt him, the kitten meets a laid-back mongrel named Dodger who agrees to help him steal food from a hot dog vendor. Dodger then reneges on the deal and flees with the hot dogs. The kitten pursues Dodger all over New York City. Dodger eventually arrives at a barge where the kitten watches him share the hot dogs with a gang of poverty-stricken dogs. Tito the Chihuahua, Einstein the Great Dane, Rita the Saluki, and Francis the Bulldog. The kitten accidentally falls into the barge, startling the dogs. However, while they are annoyed, None of them harm him. Fagin, the bargeman and petty thief who owns the dogs, is indebted to Sykes, a nefarious loan shark and criminal. Sykes arrives and gives Fagin an ultimatum. Repay the money in three days or suffer violence, possibly even death. Sykes' two Dobermans, Roscoe and DeSoto, 
harassed Fagin's dogs and threatened to eat the kitten until he scratches DeSoto's nose, earning Fagin and the dogs respect. Roscoe warns that they will try to exact revenge. The next Morgan, morning, Fagin goes to pawn some of his stolen goods while the dogs and the kitten try to steal more money for him. Through a theatrical ruse, the animals stop a limousine belonging to the wealthy Foxworth family, but the attempt to rob the limo fails and the kitten is taken by the child, Jenny Foxworth, who is missing, missing her vacationing parents and desires a companion. She names him Oliver and becomes very attached to him. Oliver makes himself at home in Jenny's house, much to the disgust of Georgette, the Foxworth family-spoiled, prize-winning poodle. With her help, Dodger and the other dogs manage to steal Oliver back from the Foxworth household, returning him to the barge. Fagin recognizes from Oliver's new collar and gold name tag that he has been adopted by a wealthy family and desperately decides to hold Oliver for ransom. His anonymously written ransom note reaches Jenny, who sets out to get Oliver back at the pier. Jenny and Georgette meet with Fagin, who is shocked to be dealing with a little girl whose ransom money is a piggy bank. Bothered by his conscience and Jenny's tears, Fagin gives Oliver back freely. Sykes, whom Fagin has informed of the deal beforehand, is watching from the shadows and kidnaps Jenny, intending to ransom her by while declaring Fagin's debt paid. Dodger rallies Oliver and the other dogs to free Jenny from Sykes, but Sykes and his Dobermans confront them as they attempt to leave. Fagin saves the group with his motor scooter, and a chase ensues throughout the streets and into the subway tunnels. Jenny falls from the scooter onto Sykes' car, Oliver and Dodger go after her and rescue and battle Roscoe and DeSoto, who fall off the car and are electrocuted on the third rail of the subway. Fagin leaves Tito to drive and saves Jenny, while Dodger and, the, and Oliver are thrown from Sykes' car onto the pavement of the Brooklyn Bridge just before an oncoming tra train strikes Sykes' car, killing him. Tito drives a scooter to safety, and Oliver and Jenny are reunited. Later, Jenny celebrates her birthday with the animals, Fagin, and the family butler, Winston. Oliver opts to stay with Jenny, but he promises to stay in contact with Dodger and the gang. The end. Now, immediately, I knew where this movie was set, because there was something in the skyline that still hurts every time that I see it in a movie, and that was a Twin Towers. So I knew yep. this was a New York skyline, and of course we saw that everybody there was a Yankees fan, which mm -hmm. kind of makes sense, because nobody roots for the Mets, but anyway. Um, but Oliver is a kitten that has been dropped in with a box of other kittens, and I believe it said when they started off they were charging $5 a kitten. Yeah. And then as it goes down, the cats start getting taken one by one by one by one. And Oliver is free to a good home because for whatever reason, nobody wanted him. Which, I mean, he's an adorable kit and I don't see why anybody didn't snatch him up. He was cuter than all the others. Yeah. And then just leave him alone in the box outside while it's pouring rain. Like, who are these monsters? They're Yankees He's voiced fans. by a young Joey Lawrence, so, I mean, like everything in this entire scenario yeah and so 
he's left outside in a box, which, of course, floods away, and he gets almost swept down to where Pennywise lives. But he grabs onto the very end of the sewer and pulls himself up, and that's our first introduction to Oliver. So, from there, we he helps Dodger steal hot dogs, and then Dodger takes off without letting him get one. And the quote that I got out of that was, the dynamic duo became the dynamic uno. <laughs> well, Oliver doesn't give up, because he pursues that dog all through the city. Yes. Oh, we get a really good Disney song. Yes. And somehow there were thousands of dogs that followed Dodger, at the very end, and it didn't stop New York City traffic. Yeah. But they, we come to find out the Dodger is the member of a motley crew of pickpockets. Should we call them that? Or yeah, pick- they're definitely they're stealing something for their owner. You mean yeah. like even that? Like that, do we call him that because he just kind of used them? And so we come to find out that the owner has made a bad investment and owes Mr. Sykes a bunch of money. And the Motley crew has produced garbage and pieces of leather that has been used and nothing is pretty much sellable to him. And... So, Sykes shows up, played by Robert Loja, which that was one voice yep. that I recognized as soon as I heard him speak. And he tells him you got three days to come up with my money, or you're pretty much going to be sleeping with the fishes. And so, the next morning, Oliver and company, hence the name, set out to try to get some ill-gotten gains. And... There is a bulldog that fakes getting hit by a car, by a nice limo, which is being, being, that is driving around the daughter of a wealthy person. I think it's the Foxworth family, something like that. No. But the bulldog, you should mention, is, like, that's his favorite thing to do is watch TV, so he thinks he's an actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's the best one to act like he got hit. I love him because he seems like uh, like a theater type actor. Yeah. Just very serious. Yes. He takes his craft seriously. He's well, he funny. doesn't see himself as like living in the gutter of New York. He's like, no, I'm just this is my next big break. Yeah. And so the Chihuahua named Tito, played by Cheech Marin, <laughs> jumps into the front seat of the limo. And starts yanking wires out of the radio, which I'm not a pickpocket. I don't play one on TV. I don't know the first thing about um, thievery and that kind of stuff. But I don't think if you pull a radio out without its wires, is it going to work? Yeah. So regardless, somehow Tito gets shocked clear across the street. And it should have killed him, but... And being a chihuahua, he just jumps up and he's ready to go with what's next. And Oliver gets swooped up by Jenny, 
who brings him home and says that he's going to be forever home. And she makes him, he, she makes him oofs a la Jenny avec Coco Krispies. Eggs with Coco Krispies. <laughs> Not the most appetizing, even if you are a cat that hasn't eaten anything in days. I, I guess I missed that. Yeah, well, I, I really. Yeah, I do remember her in the kitchen cooking the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. And this is where we find out that she already has a dog named Georgette, which is being played by Bette Midler. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. She's the. She's the champion show dog of New York for whatever reason, and so she's just living her best life and. Suddenly, Oliver comes in and completely derails it. And Jenny just forgets about Georgette for the day and takes Oliver out to do everything. And we get this great big long montage, which I would think would have taken several days instead of just one day because she gets him his own silver-plated dish with his name inscribed on it, gets him his own... um, collar with his name on it and just everything is over the top and I'm just thinking well how long did this actually take? Are, are days longer than 24 hours in New York? I felt like this was supposed to mark some kind of passage of time because he's like there long enough that like the dogs have plotted to steal him back mm-hmm. that he's part of the family somehow i just in my head i thought oh it's probably been a little while not a long time but a little while and maybe a day i mean again again, it's disney and rich new yorker logic so (laughs) we don't understand either one of them it just happened and did anybody actually ever tell her what his name was i mean was she the one that gave him the name oliver was it um dodger I know. I don't think Dodger. I think Dodger's called him Kid. So maybe all she did give him the name Oliver. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, Dodger just just straight up called him Kid for yeah. pretty much most of the movie, even after he got the name. Yeah. If I'm wrong, let me know. But regardless, he takes up his place, and a day and a night has passed, and the dogs somehow track her down to her place of residence and kidnap, dog nap, cat nap, whatever the unsuspecting kitten and they're going to bring him back to Dom DeLuise's boat and then they're going to send, sell him for ransom? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, they wrote a note to her uh, to her or he did. Uh, Dom DeLuise's uh, Fagan. Fagan, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Because he, like, sees the address on the collar and is like, uh, yeah. ooh, they're, like, rich. I'm going to get some money out of this. Um, which, like, I mean, I guess, but that's kind of a dirty way to do that, Fagan. And he- so... Anyway, they go back and they drop the note and somehow 
Tito finds out about Georgette, and he's head over heels with her. I think that's why they were kidnapping him, actually. And, I mean, Tito pretty much just makes advances that would make a anybody outside of the city of New York wince and probably <laughs> smack whatever's trying to do that into the next neighborhood. And I mean, but yeah, this is the 80s. I'm sorry. And things were a little bit different back then. But um, Began writes the ransom note in crayon. And then he he brings the he brings Oliver to Sykes, and this is where I'm starting to think that Sykes that Sykes is actually a mafia boss because he's he goes all deep and twisted, and he's like, well, if you're gonna do that, then I'm gonna get more money out of her, and I'm just gonna go ahead and piecemeal you out of the deal, and somehow Georgette follows Oliver. She comes out looking like she's completely bedraggled, but then the next thing that you know, she's perfectly quaffed again. So I don't know if she stepped into a um, manicure place or a doggy salon that was open 24 hours a day. But then Sykes turns everything on his head and kidnaps Jenny instead of the dog, or instead of the cat. Because yeah, Jenny finds, uh, um, Fagan? Fagan? Fagan. And then I think Sykes is just kind of following him, knowing that Jenny would show up there. Mm-hmm. They're like, he doesn't take Oliver. He knows he can take the daughter instead and make more money that way. Yeah. And like, to credit, Fagan, like, before he knows that he's been followed there, he tries to do the right thing um, no. by giving her the cat. But then she ends up kidnapped and all heck breaks loose. Yeah. And so Oliver company somehow figure out where Sykes is keeping Jenny. And they all have their part to play. And of course they put Francis on TV duty, which is the worst thing to do with a dog that is obsessed with watching opera and Shakespeare and things of that make. And... So somehow they break Jenny out and run off with her and put her on the back of Fagin's moped that has a yeah. shopping cart attached to it, either behind it or in front of it. Yep. Somehow they get on some type of tracks too, right? Because it's almost like they're on a roller coaster, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, they get they go down they go down a Is subway. They go down to the subway, yeah. and I wrote down that that car. Should not go down a subway tunnel, much less down into the actual subway, because, I mean, it's a pretty nice little limo, which actually has the license plate Doberman on it. And we actually see Sykes end up getting blown up real good in this movie. Yeah. I I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, crap, this is dark for Disney. (laughs) That was a violent death. Like, he gets hit by the train. Is it on the? It's on one of the bridges. Is it the Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's a big old ball of flame, and he flies off the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Which and I'm the sure. The only other violent death in Disney movie history is probably been Fast Like so I was like, this is violent for an '80s Disney movie. <laughs> At least it was the bad guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty dark. And so we fast forward and Jenny's reunited with Oliver and everybody's celebrating the birthday and including Fagan and the butler Winston, who I loved because he's a wrestling fan. Yeah. <laughs> and Oliver stays with Jenny and everybody else goes back to their little um, boat, I guess, and lives happily ever after. Yeah, I was a little shocked by it. It's like, uh, Fagan didn't even get more money for uh, helping with all this. Yeah, <laughs> he's he going to be poor. But, like, Georgette and Tito, but, like, she's calling him Alonzo. Like, they have a whole, oh, because Tito's his last name. Um, they, like, have a whole, like, flirtation ship going on that's kind of funny because she's, like, five, six times his size and prissy and he's like kind of rough <laughs> yeah and so the the movie actually ends on a on a pretty funny note because tito runs out he's all dressed up in this sweater with a um turtleneck collar and i think he's got a bow or two somewhere in in his in his coiffure and it was yeah He's like, guys, get me out of here. I need to. And I don't know why. I just that was not a Tito accent. I'm sorry. But he was he was having none of it, and so he jumps on the moped with the shopping cart and takes off, leaving her alone with Oliver. Ish. Then you go into a uh, good version of uh, Why Should I Worry. Mm-hmm. So it was an hour long movie, hour and ten minute movie. Thompson actually watched it. Most of it. I think he lost interest when... Right before it started to get into the chase scenes, which he probably should have watched. But he was driving his four-wheeler around at that point in time. And... This is a shockingly short Disney movie for the times. Yes. Yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't expecting an hour and... It is an hour and 14 minutes from beginning to end. And, and I that's like the credits. Yeah. And I didn't even mention it made $120 million in the box office, which is roughly $250 million today. So it's pretty, it's a pretty good little gem. Yeah, it's so strange to know like that it was so popular. And um, they waited until the late 90s. Like, I think I read, like, 1996 to give it a home video release because it was one of the most requested home video releases, and they just didn't do it. I don't, like, that doesn't make sense to me. They probably could have made a lot more money that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember watching it and seeing it somewhere as a kid and then, like, never seeing it again, probably, until Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's why I haven't seen it in 35 years. Again, I know there's one probably coming up here shortly that it's the same way. It's, uh... <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to say damn it. I don't hear it. I said it again. But, um... um Scrooge McDuck... DuckTales and the Treasure of the Lost Lamp. It's like, that one just disappeared for 30 years until Disney+. Plus. And I remember watching that as a kid and be like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. It's kind of the same way with this one. Like, it kind of faded until I got to watch it again on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean... 
it's it's just it's weird how some of these movies I mean I don't know if this was one of those where they just forgot about it which I don't know how you can do that if it's one of the most requested films no or if they they just didn't see the potential to get a good revenue base with it I mean I can see that just because it came out I mean after this one it was Little Mermaid uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, mm-hmm. Lion King. So, like, it just, well, it made good money. The next four or five years are some of the most successful movies mm-hmm. in Disney history, or at least some of the most popular movies in Disney history. Yeah, so it, this one probably just got lost in the shuffle and nobody really thought about, oh, oh well, what about that Billy Joel movie? Oh. I think it was like right on the verge of like where they're on their downfall, and then it then it just skyrocketed back into the Disney that we know. So, huh? They actually re-released it to compete against All Dogs Go to Heaven two in nineteen ninety six in theaters. That's when All Dogs. That's when that one came out. The sequel. The sequel. Oh, the sequel. Yeah. And it made four and a half million dollars on its reopening weekend. So, so the Little Mermaid came out. Uh, let's see, November seventeenth. Yeah, November seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. We're coming up on that one in just well, probably I mean, a couple of months. They're yeah. like almost exactly a year apart, so I wonder if it just was for, like Oliver and Company was just kind of lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. after yeah. that. Yeah, that's what like, I was thinking. Because we go on a string of like some of the most popular Disney movies for like the next five years after, like right after this one. Mm-hmm. Like this one was like, okay, I love this one. I really enjoyed it. It was really great. And then next thing you know, Disney just skyrockets again. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that it helped that Siskel and Ebert... Siskel gave it a thumbs down, and Ebert gave it a marginal thumbs up. So it's like like a thumb in the middle pointing very slightly up. Because they said yeah. it, if, when you measure the film to the legacy, it doesn't match up. It's too fragmented. And then Ebert said it was harmless and inoffensive. Which, given... Some of the movies that have come out nowadays, with what with what we're dealing with, with some of the actors that are in them, I think I would want yeah. a harmless, inoffensive movie if you're going to be releasing it to kids. But right. Well, I mean, Disney knows now that people love this movie, although it did get a 56 on the Rotten Tomatoes. So that's what medium rotten. Well, which still, I don't understand that one. But is there anything else that we've missed on this? I don't think so. I mean, this one might go back into the rotation when T gets a little bit older, just so that way he can sit down and tell me whether or not he appreciates it. Because it it's got cute dogs, it's got cute cats. Again, I do remember Dodger being one of my favorite Disney characters yeah. for a good part of my childhood. So, so let's go ahead and move into the three questions. First off, what is today's impact on the movie? 
I think we've pretty much covered it. It got lost in the shuffle of the 90s Disney movie money-making schemes. Um, Yeah, I'll agree with that. Is it mirrored in culture? I mean, it's New York. (laughs) So that part. Yeah. Yeah. That and a little bit of a... Kind of how the rich treat the poor a little bit. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Finally, does it fit into today's society? I got to change that because I cannot say that any time that I ever ask that question. (laughs) But I don't know how to reword it. Sometimes, like, I mean, again, that one did work with the Star Wars movies. Unfortunately, with these animated Disney movies, it probably doesn't work as well. But... I mean, there's something, I mean, again, it's a Oliver Twist, and that one kind of does hold up with certain aspects of today. So, I mean, it's it's got, it does fit, because we have crime, we have jealousy, because Georgette was jealous of being replaced by Oliver. We have... New York, which you can't ever get away from no matter how hard you try. No. Um, I mean, good soundtrack. Yeah. A couple good songs on it, at least. An underrated Disney soundtrack. Yeah. If nothing else. Well, let's go ahead and put this one to sleep and start... Ooh, that was bad. (laughs) I just just realized what I said and everybody else did, too. Thank you. Good night. We're done. Oh man, that hurt. Yeah. Next week's <laughs> next week's promises to be a little bit lighter fare because we are going to be dusting off the old laser and we will be talking about Honey I Shrunk the Kids. So that is your homework. If you have thoughts about this. You are one of our tens of listeners that tunes in every week to to listen to us. We appreciate you. Let us know what we missed. We can you can write us at bekindrewinddmp at gmail.com. As always, the DMP stands for Disney Plus Movie Podcast. Um, until we talk next week, stay safe. Stay hungry. And stay out of the subways in New York. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Want